Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Right. 
You know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, The More God Gives You, The More God Expects From You, or The More He Takes From You. When God gives you more, he's either going to, he's expecting more from you, but if he doesn't get more from you, then he's just going to start taking. And the same way the Lord giveth, the Lord can take away. We looked at capital A in our outline yesterday, you are the man. We need to know when the word of God is hitting us. 2 Samuel 12 and 8, Matthew 26 and 25. And it brought us down to capital B in our outline, those who teach. Those who teach. You normally expect those who teach to have a greater grasp of the subject matter than the students. And it's no different in when it comes down to the Word of God. If you want to be a good teacher of the Word of God, you have to be a good student of the Word of God. Uh, we looked at James chapter 3 and verse 1 earlier today. We're going to look briefly tonight at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. From the New International, our scripture reads, All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Verse 17, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Once again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Capital B in our outline, those who teach, let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, again, we thank you, we praise you, we appreciate you, and we adore you. We give you glory, honor, and praise for another day you have added to our lives, a day that has not yet existed before. You allowed us to see it, to smell it, to taste it, to experience it. We give you all glory. Father, we ask again that you forgive us of our debts and our trespasses as we forgive those who are indebted and who have trespassed against us. Father, we pray that you will continue to lead and guide us in your path of righteousness. Lead us not into temptation, Father, but we want you to deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. These things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Capital B, those who teach. Second Timothy chapter 3. 
looks like it was written yesterday by somebody who is living during these times that we are living in. Verses 1 through about 9 deal with the godlessness in the last days. Now, don't think that there will be more godliness in the last days. The scripture clearly points out that there will be godlessness. We are seeing less God coming out of many of our churches. We are seeing less God coming out of the mouths of many of our leaders. We are seeing less God. We are seeing less God in this dispensation and in this time period that we are living in. You say, Apostle, what can we do? Well, what this describes is a general godlessness in the generation. That does not mean that you have to be godlessness. You, you can make an individual choice in your generation just as uh, 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 um, Noah made an individual choice in his generation. He lived in a, in a godless time as well, but he made the choice to be godly. I want to encourage you, for your soul's salvation's sake, you have to make a conscious choice to be godly. If, if you just float downstream in the natural, you're going to end up way downstream somewhere. If you just float with the, the generation, the, the, the world, this dispensation, you're going to end up in, in hell somewhere. In order to go upstream, you've got to resist the current. You've got to resist the forces that are coming against you to try to take you somewhere. It's easy to go downstream. That's why a lot of you love a lazy river. You know the amusement park at Water Park. They got what's called a what? Lazy river. They man has come up with a contraption where basically it's just like you going downstream all the time. You don't have to swim. You don't have to paddle. You don't have to fight any current. Just get in the raft and just ride. It'll take you round and round and round. But I tell you what, try getting in a lazy river. I tell you, I, I say a, a lazy river won't be so lazy if you get in and start trying to go in the opposite direction. You start trying to go in the opposite direction of even a lazy river, you'll want somebody to change the name because it will not be lazy to you. Fighting that current, they just want to just take you around, take you around, because it will be just as difficult to go against it as it was easy to go with it. You need to understand that when it comes down to the world in these last and evil days. It is just as difficult to come against this world, the God of this age, the prince of the powers of the air, as it is, as it is easy to just flow right on with it. It takes work. It takes serious work, conscious effort to come against the, the God of this age, to come against the prince of the powers of the air, to come against this, this tide and this, and this current that just want to sweep us all right on to hell real, real nice and easy. God said, fight the good fight of faith. Ultimately, people that end up in hell were lazy. Ultimately. They did not fight the good fight of faith. They might have been fighting for something. They might have been fighting saved whales or fighting the uh, marching in the protest, Black Lives Matter, or they might have been fighting to save deforestation in South they, were fighting. they might have been fighting for something, but they didn't fight the good fight of faith. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, fight the good fight of faith that your soul, your eternal soul, 
may be saved. Well, after Paul dealt with this godless generation that we are living in, he charged Timothy, young Timothy. And he told young Timothy, he said, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, endurance, persecutions, and sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Paul said, look, I ain't just been floating down a lazy river. You need to understand that in Christianity, you're not going to float down a lazy river. In Christianity, true Christianity, you're going to have to go through some things. Paul says, look, endurance, persecution, suffering. Paul said, I ain't just been, Paul said, I ain't just been cruising down a lazy river in Christianity. Paul said, I ain't just been going with the, I ain't just been going with the guy. I ain't been just doing it like everybody else doing it. And you need to understand that, that when you make the decision in, in most things, not to just do them like everybody else is doing, you're going to, you're going to start running into some of these same things. The apostle Paul talked about persecutions, uh, you know, things going to happen to you in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. These were places where Paul experienced severe, severe, uh, persecution. But Paul says, I endured. I want to encourage you, child of God, that you can endure. I don't know what you're faced with. I don't know what you're going through, but you can endure. Because God says, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with the temptation, God says, I will provide a way of escape so that you can stand up under it. Paul says, I endured all of them. I, I, don't, know what kind of, I don't know what kind of problem they're giving you on your job, but you can endure all of it. I don't know what kind of problem you're running into in your family, in your marriage, in your church. You can endure all of it. Now, whether you endure or not, that's a choice you make. But I'm letting you to know that you can. You can take it. And if you can take it, I heard somebody say, you can make it. You can. Paul says, now let me, let me break this thing on off so you all don't start thinking that what I've been through is just just for me, and maybe it's just some aberration or just a pause. Look, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oftentimes, you can measure your godliness by the level of persecution in your life. Oh, come on now. You out there on the sound of my voice, ain't nobody hardly bothering you. You just kind of all right with everybody. Good, pretty good chance you're not living a godly life in Christ Jesus. Because living a godly life in Christ Jesus will is is like a uh, 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 honey to a bear. You're not gonna have no whole lot of honey. Mess around and go into a bear den with a honey suit on. You're just gonna wear your honey suit in the in the in the bear den. Bear is attracted to honey. You need to understand that the adversary and his children are attracted to people that are trying to live godly lives. They're going to come at you. Paul says, in fact, Paul says, let me, let me get this. Let me straighten this up so, so that when you start facing your trials and your persecutions and your hardships and your difficulties for living Christ, you, you'll understand that this is, not, this is not something that just came from out of nowhere. In fact, 
everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul said that's just how it goes. Now, people need to be told this. If not, people will stop. If you don't tell people and teach people this kind of thing right here, people think Christianity is a lazy, lazy river experience. Just get in the raft and ride. Everything is just, oh, everything. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Paul said, no, no, let's clear it up. Now, evil men and imposters, they'll go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, that's one of your payments for deceiving people. Remember, a man must reap what he has sown. So when you have deceived people, you need to understand that God is going to purposefully allow some very serious deception to come your way. You remember Joseph, I mean, not Joseph, uh, Jacob, don't you? Oh, man, if he wouldn't steal your birthright, you better watch your birthright around around uh, uh, Jacob. You better, man, he'd be stole your stuff and be just running around just like he had did the right thing. But God fixed it up, so he ran into Laban. See, for every Jacob, there's a Laban. Somebody that that that's that's been tricking a little that's been been tricky a little longer than you. Somebody that that'll pull the wool over your eyes the same way you have pulled the wool over others' eyes. For every Jacob there's a Laban. Evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and, and, and being deceived. But as for you, Paul, now I love the way Paul keeps bringing this thing back to individuals. Some of us think we're gonna go to. Some of us think we're gonna go to heaven with the family reunion. You know how when y'all went on that cruise, everybody got T-shirts just alike, so y'all could identify everybody. And you told everybody we're gonna meet for dinner at, at quarter to seven, with T-shirt on. Everybody sit together. Everybody. Uh, see, some of y'all think that's the way you're gonna go to go to heaven. Uh-uh. You're gonna be standing before the Lord for yourself. Ain't going to be no mama, ain't going to be no daddy, going to be able to say nothing for you. Ain't going to be no son, no daughter, no uncle, no cousin, no, 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 uh-uh, you. Paul said, as for you, continue in what you have learned. See, because what you got to understand is that everybody, everybody ain't learning. You, you need to understand that even in a, in, a natural, in a class, in a natural classroom, everybody ain't learning. I taught school 15 years. Man, you got some jokers over there asleep. You got some jokers over there don't want to take notes. You got some jokers over there mind is, is wandering. You got all kind of things. Paul said, look, I'm bringing this thing back to you. Continue in what you have learned. So you need to understand that God said, look, when you have learned better, I'm expecting you to do better. God said, Robert, Brian, it don't, listen, God said, Robert, look, it wouldn't make any difference to me if nobody else under the sun wanted everyday worship. You know what I have told you. So y'all out there in the sun, my boys, look, look y'all do what y'all do whatever seems clever in your mind. You you say, Apostle, what 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 you trying what you what you saying to us? We you better continue in what you have learned. This thing is about continuing in what you have learned. In other words, continuing in what you know God has told you. Because everybody ain't learned. Some folks hearing, hearing and learning are two different things. Hearing and understanding are two different things. Hearing and doing are two different things. He, God say hearing and learning. Paul didn't say continue in what you just what you have heard. Continue in what you have learned and have been convinced of. See, when you convinced of something, you don't need no whole great big amen corner. You don't need a whole lot of folk to, to, to validate you because you don't already been validated by God. 
See, you need to understand that, that as you go in the things of God, as you grow in the things of God, that there ought to be some things that you are convinced of. In other words, it don't make no difference what nobody say. Pastor can be teaching against that all he wants to in Bible study. When you know what God has told you, maybe pastor got to get to that place with God. But as for you, continuing what you have been learned, watch this, and have been convinced of. Why? Because you know those from whom you learned it. You know those from whom you have learned it. Watch this. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scripture. Now, this don't mean that, that Timothy knew the Scripture since he was a little bitty baby. That means that from the time he was a babe in Christ, he knew what the Word said. There were individuals that gave him sincere milk, just as when he was a baby in the natural, there was that Eunice and them were giving him pure milk to drink in the natural. From the time he was an infant, the Apostle Paul and, and various other ones in his life were giving him sound doctrine in a little bitty baby form, in a little milk form. See, there's sound. They, you, you know, just in the natural, there's good milk and there's bad milk, even in the natural. All milk is not good. That's why a lot of times what they teach mothers to do before they give it to the baby is what? Test it. Now, that's in the natural. That's in the natural. Mothers, test it. Why? Because you might be giving the baby some milk that's too hot. You might be giving the baby some milk that's, that's gone stale. You may be giving the baby some milk that has tested. Well, don't you know that if, uh, if, if, if the world got sense enough to tell mothers to taste milk and to test milk before they give it to the little baby, that God got sense enough to tell his people to test the milk before you give it to, to give it to babies in Christ? We about done, children of God. I heard somebody say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, normally, individual, I can't tell you something is good if I ain't tasted it. Now, I mean, you know, unless it's a divine revelation, unless the Lord reveal this piece of chicken is good, I, then, then almost I can say that cause by divine. But normally, I got to taste it before I can tell you that it's good. Paul said, from infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, watch this, which are able to make you wise. See, this is why God don't have a whole lot of, a whole lot of compassion for fools and foolishness. Because with God, said, look, I know the Scriptures can make you wise. You might not have a degree. You might have dropped out of school. You might, uh, all kind of things. But the Scriptures can make you wise. I don't know how many thousands of dollars worth of money you got to pay tuition to go to some of these colleges and universities. But God said, look. If you want to be wise, scriptures can make you wise. The scriptures can make you wise. If you stupid out there, if you foolish out there, if you idiotic out there, if you an imbecile out there, get in the scripture. Scripture will fix all that up. Scriptures will fix all that up. The Bible says the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 
Now, why? Why are the scriptures able to do such a miraculous job? Why are the scriptures able to do some things that, 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 that having a master's degree are not able to do? Why are the scriptures able to? Why? Because the scripture, the Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed. That's why. Because God may have and he may not have said what they're teaching at that university. But God said that scripture is God-breathed. God may support what your professor is saying at the university, and God may be saying utter nonsense. But when it comes down to Scripture, God has stamped his approval on all what? Scripture. We about done. All Scripture. Now, it's God-breathed. Now, what God said, well, you all have to be careful, is that even though my word is God-breathed, God said you still got to rightly divide it. In other words, God is the one that spoke scripture into being and spoke scripture into existence, but you got to rightly divide it. Now, my spirit is going to something. I was staying in a place years ago, a place called Fast Tag Nigeria, and there was uh, early in the morning, individuals would be up, there'd be Muslims would be having prayers, and all kind of things be going, people be selling very early in the morning. You know, normally early in the morning, in Nigeria, you got to get up because everybody be start keeping noise just about before the sun come up. But I was hearing one woman that was hollering out something, one woman. Uh, I thought she was saying one thing. Turns out that I thought she was like preaching or because a lot of times people would be up preaching with the megaphone and preaching. Different, but what she was actually saying was, by kerosene. And I thought she was, I thought it was like a cryptic, gospel message that she was I, I don't know what I can't remember now exactly what I thought she was saying but what I come to find out all she was saying was buy kerosene she was walking up and down the street selling kerosene and she was hollering it out it almost sounded like a, almost like a prayer like a call to salvation like an evangelistic need to get up and come and all she was doing was saying buy kerosene at the end of the day so you see apostle what's driving you need to make sure you know, the Bible says that faith come by hearing. Well, which kind of hearing? You got to hear right. You got to hear right. Oh, a lot of things come by hearing. Fear can come by hearing. Doubt can come by hearing. Unbelief can come by hearing. Power of life and death is in the tongue. So we got to make sure that we are hearing right. We got to make sure. You remember the disciples thought that Jesus said that, that John won't going to die. But Jesus didn't say that. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? Jesus was talking to Peter when he was reinstating Peter. So we've got to hear right. A lot of times in the school system, when children start having behavioral problems and be acting up, one of the first things they'll do is bring them in and check their what? Hearing. Why? Because that boy might be acting like a fool because he can't hear what you're saying. You write steady telling him, sit down, little Johnny, and he keep jumping and keep right on acting crazy. Sit down, little Johnny. You, he's still jumping and acting crazy, and you take him and check him out. You think he's just a bad boy, or you think he's just rebellious or hard-headed or stubborn. Take him to the doctor, find out that joke came, that 20% hearing loss. He couldn't hear you. So he just kept right on acting like a fool because he could not hear you. Now, it's a bad thing to mix. Let's go. We got to hear right. Hear right. 
So scripture as God breathed and as 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 beneficial, life changing uh, as it is, it must be heard right. It must be preached right. It must be taught right. Now it's got to be. It's got to be right. Now it's got to be right. God's word is much like Lego blocks. Lego blocks just be they be fitting with each other. If you snap them in right, now you try to snap a Lego block in the wrong way, and you're gonna have some problems. Same thing with God's word. God's word is like you know much like a a house of cards too. It's amazing how cards can be built up so high, and so and you take one card out, and everything come falling down. This is why God's word must be rightly divided because it's precept on top of precept. It's concept on top of concept. There are certain concepts that God has in in you as an individual Christian that must be working right or it's going to be something crazy going on. There are certain concepts and precepts that God has for marriage that must be working right, that must be in place, or you're going to have something crazy going on. There are certain concepts and precepts in family that must be working right, or you're going to have something crazy. And there are certain concepts and precepts in the church that must be work, or you're going to have something crazy. Come on, let's get ready to close. Scripture is God breathed. And it is useful. How is it useful? If you hear it right. If you hear it wrong, it can be very detrimental. Or if you hear it right and don't put the right action with it. Here we go. The more God gives you, the more he expects for you from you, or the more he'll start taking from you. You can't hear no whole lot of God and decide you're not going to do more for God. You can't do that. You will mess, you mess around and you get your life all messed up. You mess around and get your stuff all tore up. God gives you more. He explains more to you. He's teaching you more and telling you more. He's expecting more out of you. It's useful for teaching, rebuking. God's word is going, is going not only is it going to teach us or show us the right way, it's going to rebuke us. Show us when we're doing wrong, too. God's word don't just show the good that men and women have done. It'll show the evil that they have done, too. Don't show the great things that, that, that David did. It show the great mistakes that David made. God's word got to rebuke you. Same way God's word will encourage you when you're doing right, it will rebuke you when you're doing wrong. It will correct you. God's word is meant to correct us. Rebuking and correction are two different things now. Rebuking is when you let somebody know that they're wrong. Now, if you go to a church and all pastors do is let you know when you're wrong, let you know when you're wrong, let you know when you're wrong, then you need to know that there's a problem. Because the word will not only let you know when you're wrong, come on somebody, it will let you know what to do right. It will correct you. Look, this is how you do this. This is how this is when you give. This is how you to give. This is how, this is how, this is how, this is how. You can never really get too upset with a group that you haven't taught a better way. You can never really get too upset with a group that you haven't taught a better way. And it is useful for teaching. So it's God-breathed, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, 
correcting, watch this, and training. Now, that's the one that I love, and that's the one that this generation here doesn't love too much. Training. We are in training, children of God. And some of you all ain't never been in training for nothing but some craziness, and that's why you don't understand serious training when it comes down to the things of God. Training, great athletes understand that they must train. Great musicians understand that they must train. Great children of God understand that they must train. That the word of God is a spiritual exercise for us, and we need to be doing it on a constant and a continuous basis, or we're not going to operate at maximum capacity. I can tell a lot of times when I go to other countries and I'm not making a broadcast, you know, and then I got to get up and preach, you know, because everybody's not into everyday worship, and I can't always make the broadcast, so there'll be days that go when I don't preach. And I can tell just as, just as easy when it comes time to preach again. Because when normally when I'm here, when I'm in this country, I'm, I'm used to, to preaching and teaching two times a day, sharp. I can hear God real, real clear, everything. A lot of body, spirit, soul, and mind be like finely tuned, sharp. And mess around, let me go a few days without the word. Scriptures be right hard to remember. Be wondering what book, chapter, and verse is that. Is that for all you? I'd be like, you ain't been training. Top athletes, I'm talking about Olympic level, professional, they can tell when the slightest little thing be off in their training regimen. And, and if you can't tell when, when things is off in your training regimen as a Christian, something wrong with your training. Something wrong with your training. We should be to a place in our walk with God as we mature and as we grow and as we develop where we can tell when, when, just, when there's just a little, something is just a little off. Something just a little off in our spirit. I can tell. Give me about two or three days of not, of not preaching. And they had to come back and, and preach. I can t- it just be, you know, it ain't like it be the most major, but it'd it be, it be a, little, a little off. Just a little off, you know, a little off. So, Scripture is training us. What was it training us to do? It's training us to think like God. It's training us to talk like God. It's training us to walk like God. It's training us to see like God. It's training us. It's training us. It's training us to be right and to do right, to think right, to speak right. It's training us to rightly. It's training us. Why? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants our work to be good. What's a teacher really want out of their students in the classroom? Want their work to be good. You didn't hand it in paper. You didn't capitalize your, 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 your words that need to be capitalized. You didn't put the proper punctuation. So teachers start marking that stuff up. Why? Because I want your work to be good. See, some of us got a whole lot of red marks on our lives. You know, as a teacher, they put red marks on your paper when you what? When you got something wrong. But the students that, that got just about everything right or a lot of things right, don't be a whole lot of red marks. God don't have to put a red mark on anything you're doing right. In your life, God don't have to put a red mark on anything you're doing right in your marriage. God don't have to put a red mark on anything you're doing right in your family or in your church. But when you ain't doing something right, God be like, X. 
bold red. That means fix that. That's wrong. You said, Apostle, what you driving at? Let us, let us work. Not for salvation. That was freely gift. That came when we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. But let us work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Let's get the red marks off of our life so that God will see good works. May God continue to bless you, children of God, and heaven smile on each of you, those of you that did not make your donations and contributions to the, the work. Uh, on Sunday, as we are commanded in Scripture, I encourage you to get those in uh, as as quickly as possible, and let us be obedient to the Word of God. May God bless each of you, and heaven smile on you. Since you can reach us through email at thechristianstarchurch at gmail.com, check our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 96 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert, Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.